Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. What you're about to hear is a little bit of a different episode. You may have heard my best friend Fabiola on a previous episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast, and we have just gotten back from a trip to Ibiza to celebrate my birthday. And while we were on the trip, we were having some really incredible conversations around core values, around mindful eating, around how our eating behaviors have changed, and we wanted to record some of that for you. So here is an unfiltered conversation with myself and my best friend Fabiola. Stick around to the end of the episode if you want to hear a little bit about group coaching and what's inside. And I do want to just offer a trigger warning. There is discussion around dieting and binge eating and weight. So if that feels triggering for you, then maybe this is an episode that you skip and wait for the next one. As always, any feedback that you have for me, any anything you would like to share with me about this episode, um, I would love to hear it. And let's go ahead and hop into the episode with Fabi. These are my favorite episodes partly because I don't exactly know what you're going to hear today, but I am here yet again with my best friend. It is the day before my 36th birthday. I'm 36 years old tomorrow. We are in Ibiza and I thought it would be really fun for us to reflect over some lessons that we've learned as this is now the second trip we've done together this year and both of us are always so amazed at how far we've come and how we interact with food and how we talk to ourselves and how we think about our bodies. And so I thought it'd be interesting to have one of those conversations that we always have about that gratitude and that pride that we feel in ourselves and share a little bit of the lessons that we've learned over the years with the podcast. So Fabi, for those of you that don't know who you are, introduce yourself, please. Hi, everyone. Um, My name is Fabiola. I'm originally from Costa Rica. Um, I'm here with my best friend and I have to say that, well, a lot of people know this, but, um, you have been helping me out throughout the years already. And I think this last year we've been, um, growing a lot together. So that was, that's, that was what we was talking about. Like, was it, was it yesterday or yeah. the day before, uh, that this year has been, uh, you know, we have learned a lot, Yeah, a lot. Fabi, we mentioned this. So the other episode that we did together, I don't, I think it's number, I want to say 63. I'm not 100% sure. But we talked a little bit about like our history with dieting and the, because we actually originally bonded over a couple things. One, we were both dating doctors at the time. And the other one is we had weird things about carbohydrates. Yeah, that's true. And I sort of started my whole delving like into the mindful eating space from a coach's perspective, I started that about maybe five or six years ago. And as I developed my group coaching program, Fabi was actually one of the first people to really get a taste of the lessons and the the guidance that's inside the program. Now, when I jumped in, into the program, I was like, I have no idea what this is about. I mean, because you knew my history, you knew everything about me, and you were like, I think this could help you out. So I wasn't sure. Yeah, I wrote it and I was like, I'm not sure. I mean, and you knew better than me that, you know, back then. So then I started to see it. And first of all, about the program, I really enjoyed that. I was not, I mean, we were like, was it four or five girls? I don't remember. Yeah, I think there were five in your group. Yeah. And we had like this chat 
we shared some experiences yeah over the chat so it was like it was like really nice because i was like new to everything about you know looking for answers about the my heating habits and stuff so i didn't know what was it about and then it actually surprised me that in all your programs but this one in particular it was like the most amazing thing it was like i would realize that i'm not alone in that and that i have other people to share the experience with yeah and also you share with me a lot of tools that i didn't know that i could use like i remember one of them was it i remember the mindful eating one because of course it was like something it was kind of a trend back then so everyone was like talking about mindful eating and i was like And I, you know, I read about it, I heard about it, but I never really practiced it. And I remember that you put on some work or something like that, like homework or something like that. And I was like, I, that was the first time that I actually learned on how to practice mindful eating. There's still this idea in the nutrition space that mindful eating is just like, think twice before you grab another like Oreo or something. And it's, it, it actually has so much more to do with the act of being present while you eat. And maybe that means not grabbing another Oreo. And maybe that means saying, hey, I actually really enjoyed the taste and the textures and everything in that first Oreo. And I do want another one. So know. what do you think has changed the most for you since you were introduced to the concepts of mindful eating? I really, really enjoy about food now. Yeah. It's like, I'm not just, you know, doing all the the you know the ritual of you know i i i have to sit here and and smell it and then i just i do it on my own it's like my my own way i notice how i i'm feeling i know when i'm eating because i want to overeat and i know when that and that's something that i've thought that i would never never accomplish i love what you said there because i think that understanding the why behind yeah. why behind our eating habits is so important and it and the power that you can have over your own behavior when you know oh I am doing this thing because of xyz yeah. or being able to identify like when you're having a rough day and you're like hey I probably at the end of this day I'm going to have the drive to go and eat and being able to know that about yourself I think is so powerful and also to be aware because you know and you know this but most I mean probably the people that is listening they don't know about this but I used to talk like very bad To myself mm -hmm. so it's like I was able to identify that whenever I was like binge eating I was like talking like in a very awful way yeah so it's like I would never talk to you like that but I was talking to myself like that so the only way that I realized about that it, it was every time that I was having uh you know a, a binge eating episode so it was like I If I were not known about mindful eating before, I just, you know, I didn't, I wouldn't get to it probably. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's interesting too, because I think that even individuals that don't necessarily have like issues with feeling super out of control around food, I think we run around so quickly throughout the day that we don't have a moment or we don't make the moment to actually sit down and say, I am going to savor this food. Or I'm going to eat in an intentional way. And it, it's really tough because all of us, I mean, you rarely meet someone that's like, I don't love food. Like, who tells you like, oh, no, I don't really care about food. Yes, like, most people, yeah. like, I love food. But we don't actually allow ourselves to experience it. But I don't, I, I know that we wanted to talk about, like, some specific lessons. And I know that you <laughs> made some notes and I made some notes. Yeah. And so, do you want to start out with, like, a big 
lesson that you've learned over the last couple of years? Yes. I think like the most important one that I've learned is that it's important to set values on your life. You have to put on yourself uh, values and just make sure that you are following them. If you are, if you don't identify this, uh, you probably feel lost and you probably start or ended up doing things that you feel like, you know, you're not connected to it. So it happened to me like a couple of years ago uh, that I remember that I was uh, talking to you about this, the values and stuff. And I thought, this is nuts. I mean, you go into a big company and they put your values and they put the vision and the, and the mission and the objectives and everything. And you do it for a company and you don't do it for your own. Yeah. So it's like, this was, a, you know, a major change in my, and I, I actually changed my life because of it. Um, you know, one of the reasons is like that I did what I did over the past two years is because what I was living and what I was doing was not aligned with my values at all. It's crazy how much I look back at my life from before I understood what core values even were and like after I learned what core values were and how they could impact my life and how I could actually use them to connect with myself. And I think it's become really common to talk about values in the workplace. Like talk about like your, your business values or your company values, your team's values, but it hasn't become so commonplace to talk about like what your core values are as a human. Nobody teaches you how to do it. No. And, and I think everybody has them. Like you, if you are a human, you have values, but bringing your attention to what they are is so incredibly helpful, whether you're someone that is struggling with your relationship with food, with food or not, because it can give you direction. And it can give you direction in your day-to-day, but it can also give you direction in the big picture. And it can make you feel identified when you're not feeling, why you're not feeling good doing something. For example... I used to have a friend a couple of years ago and we, I mean, she's a good person. I love her very much, but we are not sharing the same values. That doesn't mean that she's a bad person. It's just that I had to cut out the relationship because we were not sharing the same values. And that doesn't mean that I'm a bad person or she's a bad person, but it's just that she has to be like following or she has to follow her own values and I have to follow mine. And I don't want to, I wasn't feeling comfortable because even though, I mean, we're different people, of course, but I don't, if we're not sharing that and something, when I, when I was with her, I was like, there is something that it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't ring a bell. It doesn't, it doesn't make a click on me. Yeah. It doesn't, didn't sit right. Exactly. So I was like, what is this? And when I actually identify all my values, my core values, and I was able to identify, oh, this is the thing that it's, I mean, it's making me uncomfortable with her. And you know, you know what's crazy is that, for, so for me, one of my big core values is connection. And I feel like in being able to share the concept of core values with mm-hmm. others, it's also allowed me to connect further with my clients and also with my friends. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, I mean, now I'm in a relationship and it's like probably the first healthy relationship I've ever been in, but before there was a point a couple of years ago where I, where I had really started to delve into my core values and I started to have these conversations with other people. And I started to realize that like, I didn't think that I could date a man that didn't, that wasn't aware or at least interested in understanding his. 
And I think now understanding the type of people that I want to be around and the type of people that like fill up my life, it's so important to, to, to at least have an idea of like, are we acting in a way that aligns with who we want to be? We, we're not the same. We're like very different. We like different things, but we connect a lot. And we share like, let me give you an example. For me, uh, someone that is a good friend, and for me, you have, I mean, I'm, I'm very loyal to my friends. So it's like, you are loyal to me. So yeah. it's like, if, if I have a friend and she's not loyal, then, I mean, we're going to be friends, but we're, we're not going to be like good friends or best friends. You well, know what I mean? The interesting thing is, like, is that once you've identified, like once you are able to identify that that is a core value of yours, yeah. you are then able to say, this is why this person doesn't sit right for me. Yeah. And it's crazy, like yeah. how you can start to change the way that you move through life knowing this. And I think like going back, obviously like the focus of a lot of what I do is around like helping people improve their relationship with food. But a lot of the time, the way that we, we act with food is be either because we are feeling out of alignment with our values or because we're not understanding how we can make choices that align with our values. For example, it aligns with my core values to eat, like to go out to eat with my friends, right? Mm -hmm. But it also might align with my core values to eat slowly and check in with my hunger and fullness during those meals because just because I'm going out to eat and that aligns with my, my core values, I also really value my health and well-being. And I know that if I overeat every single time I go out to eat, I'm not going to feel my best. And that's not going to continue to make me feel good when I have these moments of connection with my friends. And like, as you start to put this web of like behaviors together, it's fascinating, which is why from the very beginning of all of my programs, especially my group programs, understanding core values has been at the very beginning. Yeah, because you also have this, I mean, of course, that's what you do, but <laughs> I mean, you have this ability to connect them because I used to be one of those people that it was like, okay, now one of my values is to go out and eat with my friends. So I'll eat everything. Yeah. So I wasn't like aware about, you know, the other values that I had around. Yeah. Cause you, you are someone that values health and you value yes, well-being I and am. you love and exercising. Like, but right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you have this ability to teach that to people. It's like. And that's amazing because it's like you say, no, there is no way that I'm, you know, I cannot do it. I mean, if I go, it's like if I'm going out and I'm eating with my friends, I'm eating everything because they're going to share everything and we're going to eat a lot. And, and it's like, no, you can have both. Yeah, I, it's it's a tough one to figure out, I think, but it feels so good to be able to do things and know like this aligns with who I am. So we took a pause there for a second because Fabi's grandfather <laughs> called her. I wanted to share one of my big reflections over the last few years. And this has been one of those learnings that sort of started out like a grain of sand in a jar. And I keep like adding grains of sand to it. And you think that like adding a grain of sand to a jar is nothing. But if you keep adding grains of sand, eventually that jar is going to fill up. And that lesson for me has been that our looks are not as important as we think to the value of our lives. And this for me is coming from someone who, and I've shared this a million times on this podcast before, but I genuinely had this belief where I was like, if I just look a certain way, if I can just make myself look better. And in my head that made, that was like 
if I am an extra small or if I weigh a certain amount on the scale, my life will be better. We both had it. And I mean, I think a lot of people have it. And we were not happy. No. (laughs) We were like, you know what? I have to weigh like 57 pounds or 50. 57 pounds? (laughs) Of course, you're you're in pounds. I'm in kilograms. Yeah. Um, Whatever. Well, and it's like you were there and you were not happy. Here's the thing is that I don't want to negate the fact that like some individuals may be happier when their body is a little bit smaller. But that is a byproduct of the way that they treat themselves in that process, not a result based on what your body looks like. And this for me, part of it came so, so much from this idea of like, I am not finding a partner because I'm not attractive enough. (laughs) This makes I was just thinking this single life that I have now, it's like, they don't even care if I have like one or two uh, kilograms of them. I asked my boyfriend the other day, I asked my boyfriend the other day out of curiosity, I was like, do you, does my cellulite bother you? And he looked at me with his face like, what are you talking? No. He was like, no, everyone has cellulite. And it's one of these things. You're way much more than that. Yeah. We are both. I mean, I mean, of course you have to feel good and look good if you want to. I mean, I'm, I'm the first person that likes to put like some lipstick and of course, you know, do something in my face or whatever, but you know, wear some makeup and stuff. But what we're trying to say is that it's not that important as we think. You're way much more than that. Well, and I think a lot of it comes from the fact that like we are our own worst critics. And, but the thing is, is that when we are being our own worst critic, we are going to be less attractive to others, not because of what we look like, but because of how we act, because being our own, being our own critic lowers our self-confidence and other people can see that. And people can feel it. People too. can you know, see it. People can feel it. You know when someone it. is uncomfortable. It's like you're not. Exactly. I mean, you're not comfortable in your own body. <laughs> and I think, here's the thing, is that I think that we've been sold for a very long time that in order to build that self-confidence, it comes from weight loss or it comes from building muscle. It comes from looking different. It comes from wearing cuter clothes or better makeup. And it doesn't. Though the actions that you can take to become more self-confident may or may not lead to your body changing at all. But... For example, one of the things that I've done recently that's built my self-confidence more than anything is taking improv classes. Nobody gives a shit what I look like. Mm-mm. I think I showed up. I mean, nobody cares. No. And it is one of the most fun experiences. And I, in the past, I probably would have spent a lot of the class thinking like, what do other people think of how I look? Mm. But the reality is, is that the person that's thinking the most about it is you. Yeah. However, I will say, some people have some individuals in their lives that make a lot of comments about their bodies and a lot of comments about I mean, what they all, look like. I mean, I'm still trying to work it out because I do it all the time. Yeah. And it... I called I you... I mean, I even called you yeah, out on it today. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, because, you know, I was raised that way. It was like, my family used to call... You know how they used to call me. Yeah. So, it's like... And they really care about it. If, if I was too thin I was like sick and if I was too fat I was like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah so it's like weirdly everybody's still like eat here eat more food like (laughs) hey (laughs) like hey you're gaining weight but here's a third plate of food yeah and so it's like it it, it makes sense they love me yeah (laughs) and food in so many ways is love love. right and I think that so I, I think we could go on on this one for a while but that actually I think brings us to another lesson 
that both of us have reflected on a lot on the travels that we've done recently. Mm. And that is that you don't actually need to finish everything on your plate. What about yesterday leaving the, the dessert? I mean, exactly. We left the What about today leaving half of ice cream? Because it was a lot. So they gave us a lot of ice cream. I genuinely used to see when I was at a cafe or something and I saw someone leave piece, like a part of a piece of cake or, some, or a dessert on their plate. In my head, I would think, I wish I could just grab that dessert. I cannot believe they left it on their plate. I would genuinely think that. But it comes to, well, we have talked about this before, but remember the restriction? Because I I remember that it used to have like a one, uh, how is it called? The cheat cheat day, cheat meal. I love that you forgot what a cheat day was. Yeah, I forgot. Um, So I remember that we used to have just that meal. And it was like, You, you have to have it today, everything, because tomorrow you're going to train and you're, gonna, you're not going to see this lemon pie until, I don't know, what was it, one week? I just, I can't recall. I think it was once a week. I used to, do, oh, I remember now. I used to do it on a Friday uh, night because I, you know, I used to train on Saturday morning, of course. Yeah. And so going back to that, I was like, I will never leave this, you know, piece of lemon pie in here because no, I have to eat it all. How much of that do you think was because you told yourself, I'm the kind of person that eats everything on their plate? Mm, no, I think that for, I mean, for me, it's just the fact that, because um, I used to eat a lot when I was a baby. So I had, I mean, that's not a problem to me. <laughs> yeah, but, but, um, but, it, but that's, a, like, that's a narrative that you told yourself is like, I'm someone that eats a lot. No, but I've been told throughout the years. Exactly. <laughs> but it's still a story that you're telling yourself of, yeah, I'm someone be. that eats a lot. Yeah. Because be. eat, I'm someone that eats a lot compared to who? Yeah. Like compared to someone, but compared to someone that eats more than you, you don't eat a lot. Compared to someone Hold that on, eats. Hold on, my ex-boyfriend used to tell me that I eat a lot. Exactly. <laughs> but That's true. But this is like, and this goes along with what we talk about a lot of the time, which is like your thoughts are not facts. Yeah, that's And true. that, I eat a lot, that is a judgment. That is mm. not a fact. Yeah. You eat like... You eat X amount. That is not a lot or a little. That is just the amount that you eat. But we have this judgment of eating a lot is bad. Yeah. But eating a lot is only bad. If you were, quote unquote, a growing boy, eating a lot would be good. Yeah, that's true. But because you're a female, that our you're job yes. is to yeah, look a certain way, you're a female, quote so unquote, like, yeah. eating a lot is bad. Mm-hmm. And so we had this idea of like, well, since I don't eat a lot, sorry, I'm sort of like going off into the deep end here. Um, Welcome to an unfiltered yeah, conversation exactly. with us. But it's this idea of I am someone that eats a lot. So, of course, I'm going to eat everything on my plate because I am the person that eats a lot. But you know what? Going back to leaving food on your plate, then I, I thought about it today. I was like, I was thinking, what is more important to me? Feeling bad right after this or, you know, eating everything because I just paid for it? Yes. And I was like, you know what? I don't want this anymore, even though I just paid for it. Like, we paid a lot of money for the ice cream, but it's okay. <laughs> so basically but, what Fabi is talking about, um, I, had, I wanted some ice cream, and we walked by a gelato place, and we were like, ooh, let's get some ice cream. And we ended up getting a fair, I mean, and this is, again, this is a judgment. It was just, a, it was a two scoop. And we both were sitting there eating it and enjoying it, and at one point we were both like, I don't really feel like eating anymore. And we got up and we threw it away and we moved on with our day. We also thought that, you know, we, we have had best ice cream. Yeah. Better, and Better ice cream than that one. Anyways, so we were, I was that, you know, I was just thinking, it's more important to me not feeling bad right after this than 
throwing this away. So I did it. Yeah. And that is part of the mindful eating process mm. is being able to check in and be like, how do I want to feel and after this is really done? And what's important to me. Yeah. And to put myself first and to know that, you know, this is more important than the, you know, than the ice cream. Or so I basically, because I, so I, I recently added in the last year or so, a lot of work around unconditional permission to eat into the program that you, mm, it yeah. wasn't in the modules that you did. But I feel like inceptioned you over the over I mean, the last. Of course, you, you you taught me on eat the whole banana. Yeah, but I've inceptioned you to practice unconditional yeah, permission to eat because a big part of it is. What's... I wasn't able. Remember that I wasn't able to keep some uh, Ben and Jerry's in my. Food? Yeah, I do now. Yeah, and part of that is because you are you now tell yourself I don't need to finish this now because I can eat more whenever I feel like it. If I could give something uh to someone that i really care about it will be one of your spaces of the program that's really sweet yeah i have to say this and this is something because of your birthday perhaps but i just want to say that you've helped me a lot throughout the years and i really appreciate everything that you have done for me um i keep saying this all the time but i want everyone to know that you are actually changing lives because you changed mine Don't make me cry. <laughs> oh, yes. Why not? Don't um, make me cry. And yes, I have to say that you've done a terrific job with your programs. And I wish everyone that it's hearing can just take a look at it. I wish that everyone that it's like dealing with, you know, some eating problems or maybe not. They just want to, you know, just feel comfortable about it or, or they want to learn about it. I would really, really, really recommend this program um, because... It will make you feel better eating and it will make you feel better as a whole person because you will find out that eating is around, I mean, it's everywhere. Food is everywhere. And you have to understand what is important to you and what is not to grow. So, so I want to thank you for being my guinea pig <laughs> because you know <laughs> you've been my guinea pig over the years. <laughs> and, and honestly... This is the result, you see. I'm very fortunate in the fact that I have... A decent amount of clients that I've now worked with for a long time and we we now some of my clients and I we don't even really talk about nutrition anymore mm -hmm. we more of just sort of talk about like concepts mm -hmm. and life and like mm -hmm. and and thoughts and like the way that we want to interact with different situations in life I mean one of my longtime clients has moved four countries since wow. we since we started working together um I have another client who has sort of gone full circle through like the entire cycle of the year. And, and this is someone who, when she started with me, she was like, I cannot keep cookies or chocolate in my house. She was like, I cannot imagine just buying them and having them at yeah. home because every time I've ever done that, it has resulted in me eating them all within two days. And I, I resonate so much with that. Yeah. Because for me, I also used to have to keep so many foods out of the house. Yeah. And as I've gotten to learn as a coach and develop not just my nutrition coaching skills, but also understanding like behavior change and psychology and also a lot of the research and, and exercises that we can do around self-compassion and seeing how it all ties together, it's just been a really cool ride. And I want to thank you for being there for it. And I'll be always. so this has been sort of a like 
us spitballing ideas. And we, we had written down a bunch of lessons that we wanted to share. And I don't know how many of them we touched on. Um, Half of it, probably. Depending on when you are listening to this yeah. podcast, my group coaching program, The Confident Eater, is the culmination and of the last five or six years of continuing to develop and shift what I've learned into something that is really a step-by-step program that takes someone from being obsessed with what they put in their mouth and sort of overthinking and self-doubt around food and helping them become a mindful eater and someone that can do things like go on a trip with their best friend or go out to dinner with their partner or have a week. Yeah, family reunions. You know, we have, we always have these weeks or days where we're on a trip or we're with people we don't have control over food. And I know that that can be stressful for people. Yeah. And so the goal of this program is to really help you understand how do I want to interact with the food that I eat and how can I do it in a way that actually supports me living a really fucking awesome life. (laughs) And so with that, any last words, Bobby? No, I just have to say thank you again. You're welcome. I love you. You're an awesome friend. Thanks. And what you are doing is amazing. So keep going. Thanks for always letting me have really deep conversations with you. And thanks for being my guinea pig. (laughs) So, okay, I want to finish off on this. Because one of the things that we've talked about a lot recently is the thought versus fact. Oh, yeah. And I think that that... So I I know we talked about it a little bit like earlier on in this podcast. But if we can leave anyone with something to like have them think... I think it's the thought versus fact. Yeah, yeah. In your words, what is, like, what has the lesson been? <laughs> um, we, I mean, we create, like, crazy stories in our heads. And it's like, we tend to look for facts that are, you know, the proof or, you know, for those stories. Yeah. But if we actually look for facts, we're not going to find yeah. the proof of the stories that we tell. It's ourselves. It's essentially like... When we, so when we have a thought, we take that thought as the truth. I am thinking this thought, thus it must be true. (laughs) But what we don't realize is that our thoughts are extremely biased. They are biased towards what we believe the situation to be. So for example, you wake up in the morning, you say, oh my gosh, I look so fat. That is a thought. That is not a fact. That is a thought based on many, many, many different inputs. Maybe you slept badly. Maybe you woke up a little bit bloated. Maybe you didn't poop. Maybe you're about to get your period. Maybe you just woke up grumpy. And all of that can go into this thought of, I look so fat today. Whereas if we actually take the facts, even if you don't step on the scale, the fact might be, I woke up grumpy today. Uh, It's a Tuesday. Uh, I only slept six hours last night. What day of the period? It's, I am on X day of my cycle. And we can take that and actually start to dissect this thought and understand how our brain can put meaning onto things. And anyways. Start to tell like better stories. Yeah. And we can start telling ourselves better stories. Instead of saying and, and, you know, and telling that story of I look fat, just look into your, I don't know, your nose or your eyes and say, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Whoa, I have amazing eyes. Yeah. Or you can just be like, I have a body. (laughs) Cool. I'm thankful for it. I have a body. I can move. Yeah. And so self-compassion and also so the skill of sort of distancing ourselves from our thoughts is called cognitive yeah. diffusion. That's a skill that we work on in the confident eater and practicing self-compassion and sort of the three main pillars of self-compassion also part of the confident values, eater. Values, values. Values are right at the beginning, big part. 
learning to practice values-based decision-making. Mm-hmm. And with that... it's going to be pretty much it. We're going to go finish out the day. We are going to Formentera tomorrow, which apparently is a paradise. For your birthday. For my birthday. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Anyways, thank you for hanging out and listening to us. This has been... Actually, it hasn't been as long as I thought. I thought it was going to be longer than that. Mm-hmm. So I hope you enjoyed this little ramble through our brains. Um, again, low cap to the program. Any questions that you have about coaching, um, I am here for you. You will find details in the show notes. If you loved this episode, send it to a friend. If you didn't love this episode, you can send that feedback to me, and I will take that into consideration. And I hope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say? No, no, it's okay. And with that, thank you so much. That's going to be pretty much it. That's it. Bye-bye. Bye.